Today we're going to be talking about can I travel while my case is pending? All right, can I travel while my case is pending? So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that theme and, and welcome and thank you for being here, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Hey, thank you so much for being here. My name is Otis Landerholm. I am the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. And thank you for joining us. All right, thank you for being here with me today. Remember, the Empowered Immigrant Live is where we train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to make the most out of immigration laws and to make the most out of their lives. All right, so today our theme is, can I travel, meaning outside the United States, while my case is pending? And my question for you, my question uh, always, is do you want to get a green card? Do you want to come out of the shadows? Do you want to improve your life through your immigration process and through your immigration status? Do you want to at least understand what options you have? Because if so, I would love to help you with that. All right, my firm is on a mission to win 10,000 cases by 2035, and we would love for your case to be one of them. Now, um, as I go through my talk today, like if you have a question while I'm talking, hey, submit your question. All right. I'd love to answer any questions that you have and that I can get to uh, during our time together. All right. So thank you for, for being here. So uh, before we get into immigration law, I like to start uh, and, and I like to uh, share a brief empowerment tip. All right. And I do this every week. This is the Empowered Immigrant Live after all. So let's talk about empowerment. All right. My empowerment tip today is all about the concept of self-mastery. Okay. Like how aware are you of your own strengths and weaknesses? And when something doesn't go your way, do you react and beat yourself up about it immediately, right? Like how in control of your own reactions, your own emotions, your own thoughts are you? What thoughts are you thinking right now? Here's the thing. If you can become more self-aware, if you can become more in control of your own thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your reactions, your habits, right? If you can be more self-aware and more in control of your own self, of everything that goes on in your brain, you can be so much more effective at dealing with other people, all right? And doing that empowers you to be much more successful in whatever it is you're working towards. So that's my uh, empowerment tip for today. I hope it's useful. hope it's helpful. Uh, let me know if it is, right? Take on self-mastery. Um, and it's not something where now you become a master of yourself overnight. It's a process, right? It takes work. It takes work. Just like mastery in any field, it requires work. And I promise you, it is work well worth it, okay? So now let's get into the tip. The, the, or let's get into the theme today. Let's get into the law today, all right? 
So can I travel while my case is pending? Can I travel outside the U.S. while I'm also pursuing some kind of visa, some kind of green card, some kind of immigration benefit? Okay? Well, the big, the big two words that often we have to say, the big two uh, words that often come up in any consultation or with any legal question are, it depends. Okay? Can I travel while my case is pending? It depends. It depends on what application you, are, you have pending. It depends on your specific immigration status. Um, depends on some other factors also. There is something called advanced parole which is a parole request. It's a travel request that sometimes can be obtained while you have another case pending, but it depends on the type of case, okay? So let me back up a bit, right? Because green cards, if you have a green card, green cards come with travel authorization, but even then, sometimes it is unwise to travel. Okay, why would having a green card ever be unwise to travel? Well, if you're currently in removal proceedings, or if you have a certain criminal record, you will want to talk with your attorney first before you travel, because otherwise your re-entry in the United States like, can cause serious problems sometimes. Okay, and so that's, you got to know it, all right? Similarly, if you have a visa, a visa is a travel permit, but sometimes it is unwise to travel with your visa. All right, there are situations where you don't want to travel with your visa if there's either been an overstay or some kind of violation, arguable violation of the terms of the visa. It's like better to sort that out here in the U.S. before leaving, okay? Talk to a lawyer even in that context. But now what if you have a green card adjustment of status case pending? If you have a green card adjustment of status case pending, that gives you the right to request advanced parole, a travel permit. But even then, those are not granted in 100% of the situations. And even when you have advanced parole, because it got approved, even then it doesn't guarantee the successful use of that travel document. So even then you want to talk it over with your lawyer. And if you're undocumented and you don't have a visa, you don't have a green card, then what are your options? Well, you know, then it will depend on if, you're, if you can apply for something first and then use that application as a way to apply for a travel benefit, okay? So um, basically, if you don't have a current unexpired valid visa or green card, then you're not eligible to travel outside the U.S. unless you first apply for advanced parole. Okay? But advanced parole is a benefit that certain applications um, uh, permit. Okay? And sometimes it can be done on an emergency basis. Uh, and sometimes it can be done as part of the process. So, for example, if you're applying for a green card, 
which is a long, lengthy process, you can apply for advanced parole while that process is pending. For example, if you, not while DACA is pending, but if you've won DACA, then that status gives you also the option of applying for advanced parole in certain circumstances, similar with TPS. If you've, not if it's pending, but if you've been granted TPS, it can give you the option of applying for advanced parole. All right? Similarly, for example, if you've won asylum, you have the right to request a refugee travel document, which is similar to advanced parole for asylees. All right? But don't travel back to your country of origin because your asylum claim said that you were afraid for your life to travel back to your country. That's a separate topic. Okay? But otherwise, you got to be cautious you got to be aware, you got to understand that sometimes the best advice is, even if you have a travel document, sometimes the best advice is, is do not leave the U.S. because sometimes there's unlawful presence bars. Sometimes leaving the U.S. can trigger inadmissibility for 10 years, right? Sometimes it's just... Uh, sometimes there will be risks to your re-entry. Okay? And so what about U visas, lawyer? You know, we, we, we talk a lot about U visas on the Empowered Immigrant Live. Our office handles thousands of U visas. So what about U visas? Well, U visas are not travel documents. They're not technically visas. It's actually a quote-unquote non-immigrant status. They do not come with the right to travel. Okay? You got to know this. And so, like, really, the, the conclusion of all of this, everything that, I, everything that I'm saying basically comes down to this. Each and every case is different. Talk with your lawyer first. All right? Get clear from your lawyer first. Is it wise? Is it recommendable for me to travel given my type of application and given my immigration history, given my personal situation? All right? Every situation truly is unique and you want to talk it through and actually get tailored advice to your situation about whether or not it is wise or not for you to travel outside the United States while your case is pending. Okay? That's it. That's what I wanted to say. So if you have questions, send me your questions. I'd love to take uh, uh, questions today. And I see, I see some folks here on Instagram here. So Lavender Beauty. Hello. Thank you for being here. And NG. Hello. Thank you for being here. Um, and Nak, Naki. Hatib, hello, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. So Lavender, I hope I'm saying that name correctly. Thank you. You say, my friend is in Istanbul. He has an Afghan passport. Can I invite him to California on a tourist visa? I mean, yeah, thank you for asking that question. So um, talk over... Um, like there are certain parole processes that you might uh, look into, all right? And tourist visas, like 
of anyone who's outside the United States has the right to request a tourist visa. You do it on DS-160, and they're not easy to win, and they're not straightforward, and many, many, many tourist visa applications get denied from all over the world, but people can request them, all right? And the key is to fill out that form, the DS-160, accurately, well, um, and, um, you know, and then to, um, uh, to maximize their chances of getting that approved, okay? But yes, a person can request a tourist visa to be able to travel. Um, the challenge often with tourist visas is that people have to show that they ha have ties to their country, that they're not coming to the U.S. permanently, right? That they're just coming in as a tourist. Otherwise, the tourist visa is likely going to be denied, right? And so that's one caveat there. But otherwise, yes, people do have the right to request travel documents and tourist visas from outside the U.S. to enter um, the country. All right, we've got a couple of other questions coming in. Thank you so much for those. Um, so let me see here. So uh, Lewis, you asked a question. Thank you. You say, hi, Otis. Is it safe to travel domestically when you have a peg pending case um, with a flagged case? Well, flagged case, what do you mean by that? Like, is it safe to travel domestically when you have a pending case? Um, often the answer there is yes, all right? If you have a pending, valid application for immigration status, right, and you're traveling with receipt notices, and you, you know... You can, sh you know, you have a valid, bona fide pen, you know, application. Then traveling to the next state over, right, typically doesn't cause a problem. Just make sure you're traveling with proof that you have a valid pending case um, for for immigration benefits. Um, the only, there are certain states that are more immigrant friendly than others. And um, anytime someone is within 50 miles of the U.S. border, you want to be a little bit cautious there as well. Um, so sometimes even traveling domestically, you might um, talk that through with your immigration lawyer too, okay? But uh, often the answer is, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, just, uh, you know, anytime you're getting in an airport, you got to make sure you have valid... Uh, ID that conforms with real ID requirements and things of that nature um, to be able to get into um, board an airplane. Um, you can't board an airplane with a uh, ID or a driver's license from a state that says federal limits apply in the upper right hand corner, so double check that. Um, but uh, otherwise, if you have any doubts, Lewis, then um, talk it over with your lawyer or feel free to contact our office. We could do that in a consultation um, to give you that kind of advice. So Kaushal, Kaushal Patel, hello, I see you there as well. All right. So how far is USCIS for processing bona fide determinations for U visa cases? That's great. That's a great question. I don't have a precise uh, update uh, on that, but in our experience, we're seeing it take about four years from the date of filing to getting a bona fide determination process. We received bona fide determinations just this week on cases that we filed 
um, I think in 2019. So I think it's a, a four-year wait for those cases is what we're currently seeing. Okay, hope that's helpful. Kaushal, thank you so much for that question. Um, and um, let's see, I've gotten some other questions here too, which I love it, I love it. So Jose Beltran, thank you. You say, good morning, Mr. Otis, my name is Jose. I lived in the States for 35 years. I got in trouble in my youth in 2017. I got deported for my criminal record. And while in the process of being deported, I hired a lawyer for a U visa. But immigration deported me. I've been waiting five years after speaking with that lawyer that I hired. They're saying that it's a backlog. I have to wait a few more years with my conviction. What's the challenge of my U visa getting approved? I have a U.S. citizen children. It's been five years. Are there any chances my process, um, all the paperwork to, to prove the conviction, something, something, something. Okay. All right. So, Jose, thank you so much for asking this question. All right. Thank you so much. The U visa has the power to waive a lot of different things. Deportations, yes. Even criminal records, yes. It has the power to do it, but it's not automatic that it does it. Does that make sense? It's not easy, all right, to have a... Yes, the U visa has the power to do it in certain situations, but you've got a lot of work to do in your U visa to be able to waive each of those things. Okay, so my hope, uh, Mr. Beltran, is that your U visa was submitted with all of those waivers that you needed and everything documented and as much evidence as possible to show why you uh, uh, deserve a favorable exercise of discretion and why your case ought to um, waive each of those things. Now, part of your question also is, hey, they're saying a backlog, it's now more than five years. Yeah, U visas take a long time, all right? U visas take a long time. So uh, it's often the case that they take 10 years. It's often the case that they take, you know, somebody files a U visa right now, it might take up to 20 years, okay, just looking at current processing times. And so it's not, uh, uh, it's no surprise to me that it's taken longer than five years. And when there's a complex waiver, when there's a complex criminal record, when there's deportations involved, it can take even longer than that, right? Because now they've got to, it's going to take that long just to get it under review. But then while it's under review, they might ask for additional evidence. They might ask for um, clarification on, on anything, and they will take a long time to review it. Okay. Hope that's helpful. If we can help you with your process in any way, anybody with U visas out there, our firm is like top-notch experts, best of the best with U visas. We've won, won very complex U visas. We'd love to, you know, help anybody out there with their U visa process. All right. I also see a question from Moeen. Moeen, thank you. You say, hello, do, I, do you have any update about asylum interviews? I filed in 2017. I still don't have an update. All right. Mr. Khan, thank you. You are not alone, all right? There are lots and lots of people. I have cases also where we filed in 2017 and we are pending with the asylum office. Remember, in January of 2018, they switched the process and they started doing what they call last in, first out, which means that the cases that were on file before that change are in a backlog and they're at like the end uh, you know, they're like the last priority, 
okay? They're like last priority for the current asylum office, which is very frustrating for people. And I hope that you at least have your work permit, and I hope that you're reviewing your work permit. And if you have any other option to adjust status or to fix your immigration situation, then, you know, you could pursue that simultaneously. Um, and in some instances, you can request expedited processing, but there's a long list of people even that have requested an expedited interview. Um, and so, unfortunately, there's a long backlog, all right? Um, that's just the reality, but thank you for asking that question. If our office could help you in any way with your... Um, asylum process, hey, please reach out. We'd love to help you, okay? The next um, question, I think it's the last one that I have for now, and then I'll get into this episode in Spanish, comes from Anne Falux, uh Pro Entertainment. Thank you. Cool name. Thank you for asking it. Hope I said it correctly. You say, the old I-9 had an ambiguity of a both U.S. and U.S. national, U.S. citizen, U.S. national box to check. I was told to check that box since I thought I was a national since my children are U.S. citizens, but I was deported in 2010. How do I return? Well, if your children are U.S. citizens, then, um, then if they're over 21, they could petition for you. The challenge is could you use that petition and that's where we've got to see if you have a false claim to U.S. citizenship or what caused the deportation or really what the situation is where might you be eligible for a waiver, might you be eligible to come back in despite the different challenges in your, in your case. So um, best advice in your situation since you have a deportation in the record and since there are things that have happened in the record Best advice is to start with what we call FOIAs, which stands for the Freedom of Information Act. And let's start there. And let's review all of your records. Let's review everything that the U.S. government has in its database on your case. And then after reviewing that, right, we request and then we receive and then we review and then we strategize. After reviewing all of that, we can get together, we can go through it carefully together and strategize how to best uh, advise you on your specific situation and whether or not there is an option. And if there is an option, how could we do that? Okay? And how can we maximize your chances of success in it? And so we'd love to help you with that. Um, thank you so much for asking that question. Um, to, to start that process, it's just we're just a phone call away. Just pick up the phone, uh, contact us for a consultation. We would love to help you, um, and, and, and that would be, um, yeah, that's the way to do it. So that's it, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. That's all the time we have for today. If I still haven't answered your question, and if you still have one, please send it over. I'll still answer it. Um, and to see those... The way to see those is in our YouTube channel. And when you go to our YouTube channel, please hit the subscribe button and please hit the notifications bell. All right, takes two seconds uh, to do that. And when you do that, then you'll get a notification every time we upload an additional video with the updates and news and things like that. There's a lot going on in the world of immigration right now. So you want to stay informed and, uh, and our office uh, strives to do that. Okay? 
And as always, if you have an immigration case, please give us a call. We are here to help. Our consultations team is outstanding. We're here to help, and we would love to help. Okay? So thanks to everybody for being here. Everybody on Instagram and, and Lavender, thank you for asking your question. I appreciate it. Everybody on Instagram, thank you for being here. Everybody on TikTok, hello. Thank you so much for being here. YouTube, hello. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody that asked their questions today, like, thank you. All right? Um, uh, Lavender, thank you for asking your question. And Anphalupsis Pro Entertainment, thank you. And Mr. Beltran, thank you. And Mr. Khan, thank you. And, and Kaushal Patel, thank you. And Lewis, thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you all so much for being here. My name is Otis Landerholm, Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. And I'll see you on our next episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.